Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, why us scored so big at the box office. The Dark Tower could rise once again. And what Fox properties have us interested after the Disney merger? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the IP evaluator for Humanica Media. You got to listen to everything going on at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Taking a look at all those IPs now that Disney has virtually everything good that came from Fox. Well, I got to remember, in the uh, words of their Marvel icons, with great power comes great responsibility. And uh, if some of these don't get pulled off right, there could be a lot of angry nerds out in the world, man, myself included. This is true. This is true. So there is a lot to discuss when it comes to the fact that Disney and Fox have finally done the deal. It's all done. The dust is settled, the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, it's all finito. There's a ton of Fox properties that are now in the possession of Disney. We're going to take a look at a little bit later in the show as far as some of the properties they need to focus on now, some of the properties that they need to reevaluate and take a look at, and some of the properties that they need to go ahead and put in cold storage because Fox has just done them to death. And there's no reason putting them out now into just basically any type of format or medium out there right now. So we're going to take a look at all those IPs that have us interested in one way or another later on in the program. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes, Dark Tower. That's right. The Dark Tower is coming to Amazon after all. Josh is going to tell you why he's so interested. I'm going to tell you why I may be on the fence about this Stephen King adaptation Whether or not it's going to be good or not, we have our thoughts on it, and that's coming up here in a few minutes. Plus, later on in the program, let's go to Nakatomi Plaza, because Die Hard, the board game, is coming soon. It is a Die Hard board game that has us excited. Why do we think going back to Nakatomi Plaza is going to be a real cool thing? We're going to just ponder that here at the end of the show, coming up on the back end. Plus, also as well, we've got another great song coming up this week and this time it's from our good friend Vedius. he's going to be playing a little bit of a tune to cover one of his favorite games from early video game lore coming up here later in the program as well but first my friend 
we cannot talk pop culture without talking about the thing that's, I guess, on everybody's mind when it comes to horror and the movies that are out there this weekend, because us from Jordan Peele not only met expectations, but it blew it out of the water because us here in the United States did $70 million this weekend at the box office when it was projected to do, I, I saw some projections as low as 40. So this almost did twice the amount expected. So that's a really a great thing for Jordan Peele coming off the heels of his great 2017 movie, Get Out. And there's possible hints that this could be something like a trilogy, similar to what we saw from M. Night Shyamalan, who just finished his trilogy with Glass earlier this year. So your thoughts on us as far as the, the horror aspect or the fact that it might tie into a Get Out or just the fact on why you think the movie did so well with audiences this weekend. Are you asking for my thoughts on us, like you and the horror movie that is you and I, or the thoughts on them, the horror movie that is them called Us that is now playing in theaters that just made $70 million? Well, if you're talking about us, that's pretty darn scary. That's all I say. Yeah, yeah. Especially since like you're all pixelated right now because my internet connection is pretty stellar. Oh yeah, you're all ready for Google Stadia. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, don't get me started on that. No, what it shows is that the the psychological horror genre is not dead, and that people are still interested in having that experience outside of Netflix and films like Bird Box. So I'm I'm glad to see that's going on because honestly, like we don't get a lot of good horror movies. We don't get a lot of like anyone could go out we remember when we got a, like a huge influx of found footage horror movies do you remember that i remember when that was all the rage and it was it first started off obviously with with what the blair witch project right. that obviously popular popularized it then cloverfield just leaped upon it and it obviously that accentuated even more then everybody wanted to do a found footage movie of some yep. type and just really just beat it beat it to a pulp I saw a movie the other day with my wife, What We Do in the Shadows, which FX is actually going to debut this week as a it, series. It's funny. That movie is funny. Now, that is a brilliant use of the found footage concept that has come later in the fad, I, I should say, or actually after the fad is over, per se. So that's something that actually still works with that type of film and that unique point of it. So, okay, I, we'll give you that. But for the most part... That genre of found footage films is dead. And it was just because you saw so much of it, what, in the early 2000s, even into the later 2000s, as Cloverfield just kept trying to do it over and over again. And then other found footage films as well, into other genres as far as family friendly movies and things of that nature. So that beat it into to the ground there. But you're right. Uh, Us is, is really, I think, a, been scored very highly as a horror movie. A lot of people have faith in what Jordan Peele is doing right now because Get Out did so well with audiences, both monetarily and obviously from a critical reception because it did score an Oscar nomination for Best Film and it did win an Oscar. So there's a lot of, I guess, belief behind what Jordan Peele is doing. And I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, real quick. Um, good found footage film, Swedish on Netflix, not in English, still pretty good, called Troll Hunter. Check it out. You get a chance. Moving on. Uh, that, that's know, something we might want to do before it dies as a whole. Is good found footage films that we have liked over the years. For me, there's not many, but there is some. What some We Do in the Shadows is one of them, and I highly recommend it, especially if you want to go ahead and check out the series coming up this week. 
Yeah, it's a very small pool. But just to see that it is doing 70 million is good because we have not, I guess, since Get Out, we haven't really had a good horror movie come out, at least not one that's memorable in any well, way. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that was a already, uh, I guess, on the on the back of a already big franchise. You know, we haven't had any like new original IPs or original about. IPs come out that have been any good. Like uh, the last. <laughs> I honestly, what was the last thing or, you know, well, it, obviously the conjuring, the conjuring series. I think when that first started, I think that was probably the last time yeah, I can remember even that one's blown up, but like, it was like the, the last original it was the last original. I mean, not original, but like new IP that I've seen to actually get high critical acclaim outside of get out. So Halloween actually had positive reviews and it, that has the highest R rated horror opening, but us is right behind it as far as a major opening for R-rated horror movies as well. Like we are, you and I? There you go. Like we are, you and I. But yes, Halloween, I think, did 75, but this did 70 just behind it. So that's a big win right there. You're right. It is a brand new IP. I, I kind of disagree with you on the original IP horror thing because actually isn't original IP. It's an adaptation, and it's something that was already done already in a TV format in the early 90s. Which you probably don't want to see now because it's aged very badly. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad people are going to see horror movies again because I'd like to see some more crop up in theaters here. We, we need more horror movies. And actually, the, what, what else is out these days besides action films and like superhero flicks, man? Like there isn't family friendly stuff. Yeah, but there isn't a lot of horror films anymore. And that makes me kind of sad. I don't know if you would count Escape Room among that crew as far as a horror movie. Is that I mean, suspense? I don't know. What would you count that? Escape. Uh, I would say it's it's suspense and thriller, I guess. Because I Open Water. Remember that one got labeled as a horror film too, but that wasn't really a horror movie. It was kind of just a movie about swimming. <laughs> In a sense, yes, yes, based off of a real life story. But yes, Escape Room. It did come out in January. I think, I don't know if you could border on horror, but I, I don't think it really is it's going to scare people as much as what Us is doing, I, because a lot of people are really talking about exactly what Us is doing to scare audiences out there. And of course, it really has come at a great time because, well, right now you've got a lot of interest going back to the theaters after what Captain Marvel has done. And in its third week, it's gone over $900 million. So that makes going to the movies cool once again because we were kind of worried the reason why i say that is because you and i had talked about how great this lineup of movies was for 2019 and i had even almost stuck my foot in my mouth saying this could be the biggest year ever for movies and so far january and february had kind of fell flat on those expectations i think it was down almost as much as in some points uh, time during the year as much as 30 percent below what they did in previous years including last year's record box office year for movies so i was kind of worried about what was going on there but it looks like things have picked up now and going forward with some great movies coming up it looks like things are getting at least a little bit better for the movie going experience going forward which is great because i know you are such a big fan of going out and hitting the movie theater well, yeah, you look at superhero films, too. They make so much money and they set the standards so high for what a successful film should be that they're kind of putting the nail in the coffin of what the box office standard like they're the death blow to a lot of smaller films. And I think that's why we're seeing less of them. That could be true. It just it just seems like 
it took a little while to kickstart the movie going experience. And it looks like finally with Captain Marvel and now us that it's finally heading into the right direction. And even to some extent, How to Train Your Dragon 3, which is just a little bit under what How to Train Your Dragon 2 was doing overall, but it's still doing fairly nice. Uh, and I think those three movies combined make it a much better or much more attractive position to go ahead and say, hey, you know what, let's go ahead and check out a movie. So that's good for the movie industry and anything good for like that as far as people going to the box office instead of waiting for it to come to home video and digital streaming all the time. When the movies are up, that's a good sign for everyone, including us as fans. So us, like I said, hitting $70 million this weekend at the box office domestically. It appears that us is going to be doing as well, or if not much better than Get Out, which surprised everyone and beat all of its expectations back in 2017. What are your thoughts out there on us? Have you gone to see it already? Do you like the fact that there's a horror movie that's come out that's really got your interest? Or are you just like Josh and some others out there, maybe just waiting to see until it comes to home video? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanic Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. All right, my friend, there's a lot of things to talk about when it comes to The Dark Tower, because I know you wanted to speak at length about this, because The Dark Tower is a thing after all. It it was kind of in limbo after the poor performance of the theatrical film with Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba, but it is a thing. They've hired actors, they've hired a director, they've hired people in place to go ahead and still get this thing underway when it comes to The Dark Tower. Your thoughts on The Dark Tower actually still coming, I believe it's coming to Amazon Prime at some point in time, very soon in the near future. What are your thoughts on The Dark Tower and how it could be better on Amazon Prime? Remember, there is, they're supposed to make two series. Two of the books were supposed to be Amazon Prime series. And then the movie ended up not doing well, and they we just didn't hear anything else about it. But now the rumors are popping back up that they because they still have the rights to it, they might as well, right? Because they're pumping all this money into Lord of the Rings. And uh, Stephen King pretty much wrote Dark Tower as his Lord of the Rings, I guess, in a way. And if Amazon is willing to give it the money it deserves and then be able to tell the story over an extended period of time through a platform where they're not held back by you know what studio heads want or what they think will have good box office numbers they could really do this story justice. And from what I understand, they're actually starting with the content put out by Marvel in their Dart and their Gunslinger origin comics. So this could be, uh, and and uh, yeah, some of it's going to jump into, uh, I want to say like the uh, 
a couple of the books in the series go back and tell stories of of Roland Deschain as a, as a, a kid and how he became the gunslinger. So they're going to mix those two with the gunslinger origin comics, which is going to be really good. So I'm hoping that when they build up through all that, made through a couple seasons, then they'll actually start getting into the gunslinger, the drawing of the three, and so on and so forth, which could be really cool because again, like the dark tower is the the thing that holds all of the universes that stephen king has created together and if that is you know if, if this is successful who knows what other cool stephen king series we might get the possibilities are, are are really cool and especially if this is done well this could really like reignite pe people's interest in content based on novels again well, let's hope so, because I'm still kind of on the fence when it comes to The Dark Tower after the debacle with the film. And, uh, you know, I know how mad and angry you were after watching it. And I know there's a lot of issues with the film in and of itself. And so much was said and done. And and it just came to be as far as when it finally hit a theatrical release. And First of all, how can you go ahead and have something as expansive and as vast as the Dark Tower and all the things that it leads into as far as all the properties that it ties into for Stephen King and all of his novels out there, and yet it only be, what, a 90-minute film from what I remember? Was that correct? Yeah. Well, they did what Disney tried to do with John Carter. So the John Carter stories expand over three novels specifically, and then there's a bunch of other ones that kind of tell the side stories. But... Disney took John Carter of Mars and took a very expansive, very large, very beloved property and took and hacked it up and put pieces of all three books into a two hour movie with the Dark Tower. They took seven books and they tried to put it into an hour and a half movie. And not only that, but they they a, a lot of the stuff like the Dark Tower, if you watched it from a point of view of someone who has not read the books it doesn't make sense none of it makes sense it's so choppy and jumps all over the place and it sucks because idris elba did play an excellent gunslinger really like that part but it was not um i don't know it there it, it didn't even stand a chance like even just going out the gate like it did not stand a chance at being a good film because whoever thought that it was a good idea to take such huge source material such rich mythology and chop it up like that just clearly did not have any respect for it. and that what that shows is it was just a cash grab they're hoping to make money off the name and that's a shame that that was the case because like you said you were hoping for it had a lot of great anticipation for it as as a dark tower fan as a stephen king fan you were definitely looking forward to it and i was looking forward to being able to see something where it would be able to tie into so many of those properties. Because to me, that's the most intriguing aspect of the Dark Tower is how it ties into all those other different things, whether it's it, whether it's the Shawshank Redemption, whether it's Pet Cemetery, Mr. Mercedes, or any of the other great Stephen King properties that are out there. I wanted to know exactly how it ties into all these different aspects of the Stephen King culture. Right, right. And it, it's written in the story. Like, there's a lot of parts in the story that have him diving back into some of his earliest works to tell about how these universes came to existence. Because a lot of the, you know, if we dive into spoilers for a minute, the Dark Tower is surrounded by this pit, this pit of darkness. And the Dark Tower, since it holds all the worlds together, the, the monsters that got into his other stories were monsters that snuck out of that pit and 
somehow cross into another world. It's really interesting how he throws it all together. But, you know, I would even go as far as to say that he was one of the original pioneers of a connected universe, but in novel form. One last question to talk to you about when it comes to the Dark Tower and Amazon Prime and all that is it doesn't look like they're going to be hiring actors that are name name actors that are going to be able to get the kind of interest that say an Idris Elba or Matthew McConaughey did your thoughts on the dark tower still even without that name power value still being able to attract audiences still being able to be one of the marquee franchises that Amazon Prime can use as far as trying to bring in audiences going forward no, they got a lot under their belt right now. Lord of the Rings, Dark Tower, like those are all Amazon is smart because they're going after beloved book series. And who who's to say like maybe further down the road they'll take another whack at Mortal Engines, you know, I just watched a movie, not a good movie at all, don't waste your time with it, but you know, even JK Rowling's detective series that's on HBO, maybe Amazon will make a a version of it. There's a lot of source material out there even you know, Maze Runner, like when that's done, I well, I guess Fox owns that. But yeah, it, it's just there's a lot of they're smart by going after things that appeal across generations in, instead of something that's popular right now. And it's it's really cool to see. And I'm, I'm hoping that with these epics, you know, like Dark Tower and, and Lord of the Rings, that we might see them give a company like HBO and Netflix a run for their money. As far as streaming services goes, of course, Amazon's pretty rich, so. Yes, yes. Never doubt Amazon and the mega billions that they have already. Don't even get me started as far as Amazon, like getting you started when it comes to Google Stadia. Right. Well, on a side note, though, Amazon, I, I want to see them succeed because are in original content, because if you have Prime like they I, I feel like they are one of the best deals out there as far as streaming services go, because you can actually pick and choose what channels you want attached to your Amazon Prime account as opposed to uh you know, Netflix and HBO, where you just get them separately. That is obviously something to consider. And with the Dark Tower that is going to be inevitably coming to Amazon Prime, makes it a good sign that hopefully Amazon Prime will do the Dark Tower justice and will get a great series after all. What are your thoughts out there on the Dark Tower? We need to hear your thoughts on this because we want to know, is this something that you're still interested in seeing? despite what the effects of the bad film that came out too, not too recently in The Dark Tower. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanica media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, when we come back, we're going to be talking about all those great Fox properties that Disney now has, ones that they should go ahead and run with now, ones that they should reevaluate and ones that they should go ahead and maybe put in cold storage for some time to come. We're going to be talking about that here in just a few minutes. But first, it's our good friend, Vedius, who will be with us on April 25th at Retro City Games for our spring charity game night. It's going to be a great time. Tournaments, just a lot of fun, free gaming, podcasts, so much more. Vedius is going to be a part of it. Hyperschmidt is going to be part of it. But yes, this is Vedius, and this is from the old NES game. This is TMNT, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here, along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. So, Josh... It's finally done. After all the talking, after all the red tape, after all the the stuff that needed to be signed, after all the anticipation and wait and everything that's good, you know that that so many people out there have been waiting for, is finally done. Disney and Fox have finally merged those assets together, and a lot of 20th century, or I should say, 21st century Fox assets are now a part of the Disney stronghold. So you and I came up with a list of things that we wanted to talk about as far as IPs that they should consider using now, reevaluate, and put in cold storage. So let's go ahead with the stuff that we think that they should utilize now. So share your thoughts, my friend, on three Fox properties Disney should go ahead and utilize right away. Okay, I got Alien because I, like many people, want to see... I just want to see it end, you know. I don't want to see the franchise end, but I want to see, I want to see the the arcs that are have been left open. I want to see them end. I knew yeah. you were going to say Alien. I just knew you were going <laughs> to say Alien. <laughs> no, but I mean, think about Alien Covenant, right? They totally messed up what they've been building with Prometheus, and a lot of people now just want to see, want to see the aftermath of that, and then have closure so they can take the the complete journey from. Prometheus all the way to Alien Resurrection. And then if they want to revisit later, like with the Neil Blomkamp films, if that's still in the cards, like by all means, go for it. But just just give us give us closure on what we have, because right now there's a huge gap in between Covenant and Alien. So let me ask you this. If that's the case, if there is that huge gap, maybe either a movie or what were you talking about earlier with a Dark Tower series? Maybe they can go ahead and put something like that on Hulu. Obviously not Disney Plus because they, they're only interested in putting family-friendly stuff on there. But they are pushing things like Deadpool and other R-rated properties in the 21st Century Fox uh, consortium into Hulu. So wouldn't that be a great to start a series you know, based off of Alien somewhere in there in, in regards to putting it maybe on a Hulu format? Yes and no. I guess it depends on the content because if it's just going to be your typical, you know, alien running around a spaceship type thing, we don't need that. You know, we have plenty of, of films of it already. But if they're going to use a series to to really truly explore what was hinted at in Prometheus, then I would be all for that. I'm going to go ahead with my first one as far as you what we want to go ahead and promote and keep going on is i think i'm gonna go with two because they're so interlinked together especially the fact that they've been together 
pretty much for several years now on Sunday nights as a Sunday night staple for Fox. And that is The Simpsons and Family Guy. I mean, they are part of the Fox animation block. Family Guy is a staple of Sunday nights along with what going on 30 years now, The Simpsons. I think both those you should just go ahead and not mess with. They're doing well still, even after all these years. And at this point in time, should not mess with anything that they're doing because they've been so successful. So at least at this point in time, when it comes to The Simpsons and Family Guy, you need to go ahead and, well, you know what? Stay the course with both those two. You're not going to have that many years left of The Simpsons. I think maybe ended at 35, but for now... Everything looks good when it comes to Family Guy and Simpsons. And just don't mess with a good thing when it comes to Disney and Fox. What's next on your list, my friend? I got Fantastic Four. Marvel's in a weird place right now. They're getting ready to launch their next phase post-Endgame. But Fantastic Four would be a good place to launch because from what I understand, Namor is going to be possibly going to be in a Doctor Strange sequel or a Black Panther sequel because Namor is tied in very closely into the Fantastic Four mythology. So now would be a good time to to launch a new Fantastic Four movie as they are getting ready to go into a new phase and kind of have Fantastic Four be the backbone of the, you know, the next several Marvel films as they are in the comic books. So what's next on your list? Because I shouted out, like I said, Family Guy and The Simpsons. I know you said Fantastic Four and Alien. What's the third IP on your list that Disney now has from Fox that they should go ahead and use right away? This one's more of a fan request. Just I would like to see Independence Day. I'd like to see a third one close that originally proposed trilogy with Jeff Goldblum before he becomes too old or I guess doesn't want to do it anymore. It's just it seems like a good time for, you know, we're in this Jeff Goldblum renaissance. It, It would be a good time to make that last Independence Day movie, close out the franchise and possibly even just forget about it for the rest of time. Did you see Resurgence? I did, but I mean, I mean, it it wasn't good, but it wasn't awful. You know, there are definitely worse movies out there, but I would just they promised three movies and I would have loved to see, you know, that whole story come to an end, especially with Jeff Goldblum. Let's hope it does. But Resurgence is a hard watch. That's all I can say. For me, the third on the list as far as properties that I think they should go ahead and act upon now Let's go with Deadpool. I think that's an easy, low-hanging fruit there, but it is easy to call. I mean, what? Over $700 million for an R-rated film two times in a row, even though I didn't like Deadpool 2 very much. You cannot argue with the cashola right there. $700 million plus twice in a row. Go ahead. Make sure that the third one is well on its way. And also, even as something that it might not do as well as the other Deadpool movies, really focus in also as well on an x-force you know disney is all about the numbers and trying to go ahead and make something you know and make generate the funds even if it doesn't generate as much as a deadpool per se you're still talking about half a billion dollars that probably will go out for an x-force movie that has deadpool in it in some form or some fashion yeah i was actually reading something ryan reynolds saying he was meeting with disney people about what deadpool 3 could be did he go in the school bus like he did on that no but i was reading that that's actually a thing and he, he is going to be making hints i guess through dialogue about like the the whole how he's in a different world now i guess with the you know the of disney marvel avengers 
world. He's in there, but he's not in there, you know, if that makes sense. And that's so funny for anybody that's going to be following him on Instagram or Twitter. That's just going to be so funny to go ahead and, and follow anything that he does out there in regards to this whole merger that has now happened. It's finalized and now Deadpool is part of the Disney consortium. But just to see him with the mouse ears and writing on the school bus was hilarious. Yeah, but no, was it, it was funny. But you think about it, he's the only one in that that world who could get away with saying, Oh, yeah, I guess we're like he because he's so aware of himself. He could get away with merging into the Avengers universe pretty easily. Yes, yes, absolutely. And let's hope it does happen at some point in time. But you got to remember as well, Ryan Reynolds is not getting any younger himself. Yeah, but I mean, he's like burnt in in Deadpool. So it's not like. Well, he's... And that's true. He's not actually in the suit most of the time when he's filming it. Yeah, and even when he's not in the suit, like he's got so much makeup on, it doesn't really matter how much he ages. As long as he can still, uh, you know, crack wise, he's good. This is true. This is true. So what are some of the properties out there, three properties from Fox that now Disney has that they need to go ahead and reevaluate that was in the pipeline or was being made and they need to reevaluate to see whether or not this is something that they want to execute long term. I think X-Men needs to be reevaluated. I, I, for one, don't know if I want to see the m modern iteration of X-Men be incorporated into the Disney world. I'd probably rather just see it rebooted. Though a part of me would like, if they could incorporate it some way, to have give Hugh Jackman one more time in the claws and let him go out, whether it's in a Deadpool movie or in an Avengers film, and they do some kind of time universe warp thing, I would love to see him get that last wish because he had always wanted to be in an adventure film and imagine the money that that would bring in oh you know what that would be awesome i couldn't agree with you more on that assessment that would just spot on my friend you know we'll, we'll find out i'm sure there, there's there's i'm sure there's already wheels turning as to what's going on i'll just go through the other two right now just because there's not really a lot to say about them uh die hard i just would I don't think we need any more diehard films at the moment, so they should kind of think about what they're going to do with that. And and Predator also, because the last Predator movie wasn't good, and they ended it like they were going to make more. So I think that if they're going to do a Predator series, it needs to have a stopping point. Like, they need to map out where they're going, give it a stopping point, and don't milk it for another 20 years. Those are some great thoughts as well. For me, three properties they need to reevaluate. For the same reasons that Josh is talking about when it comes to the X-Men, I'm also thinking the X-Men is a property that they need to reevaluate. Let's get Dark Phoenix out there. From all appearances, when you're talking about the trailer, it looks like they're going to kill off Mystique. Yeah, Mystique. Or Mystique. She, uh, she, yeah. That's like the, the funeral scene they show because she died. Yeah, for Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, they're going to kill off her character uh, in there. And with the rest of them... As much as I like uh, Michael Fassbender and, and some of the other actors and actresses in there, it just does not look like it's something that's going to work long term because the stories in and of itself over the past, what, 19 years have just been all over the place. And at this point, I think I'm done with the X-Men series for now. It'd be great when they can go ahead and intertwine the X-Men at some point in time later on down the road in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because you know Kevin Feige has or already is cooking up and brewing up some ideas on how he wants to incorporate the X-Men 
So let's get it done that way instead of their own separate movies because at this point, I think I'm done with the X-Men series after Dark Phoenix. So I think it's about time to go ahead and, and look at a new approach. But yes, if Hugh Jackman can go ahead and slide into one of the next two or three MCU movies, let's go ahead and run with it because having him being part of that, even for just a brief moment, would really be a cool moment indeed. The next two, as far as properties to reevaluate, are Kingsman. I know there was one that was due this year that got pushed back to next year. I think they just need to go ahead and reevaluate where they want to go with the series. I think my even possibly putting it into a format, maybe for a series for, for streaming format for Hulu or FX probably might, might even work better because if you bring out another Kingsman, you already got the the sequel that did flat numbers against its first great iteration in the Kingsman series. So having a third may not and most likely will not do even as good as the second or the first. We've seen that with other trilogies as of late where the third installment just does not cut the mustard compared to the other two, at least financially. So it, it probably would not be in the best interest maybe to go ahead and put it out anytime soon. But if they do... Maybe go ahead with what we were talking about earlier as far as bring the American side as far as maybe that's a different perspective with Channing Tatum, Halle Berry, Jeff Bridges, and that perspective. Maybe bring it in from their side. I think it's the statesman. Bring that group in there for maybe one movie and then you go from there and you could probably get a fresher start with the Kingsman going forward. But right now, I think you maybe need to reevaluate where that series is going because the numbers from kingsman the golden circle just being just right around the same level as the first one when you were hoping for a much larger growth just tells you that maybe there's only so much interest in the kingsman series as a whole and the last but not least and this is all about dollars and that is avatar you, you know we've talked and kidded on the show what many times as far as james cameron's vision for a avatar two three four five i think is, is that correct yeah, he's got five movies planned. Oh, or no, he's got four more planned. It, it's been a money pit, dude. Like, it, it's past the point of patience with audiences. You know, it, it's why are you even continuing this? Why is Fox funding this? And what's going to happen if the movies don't do so well after all the money that's been dumped into them? Very interesting. Because now you're talking over a decade when the next film comes out in the series, correct? It was 2009, yeah. So we're all, we're ten years ten years ago. And if that's the case, my friend, that's going to be an issue because people forget why they even liked Avatar in the first place. I know our good friend Rob McCallum has said it best. It is not sustain that foothold in pop culture like a lot of other entities, especially one that went what over 2.8 billion dollars worldwide at the box office and part of it was that is because it was such a marvel of, of viewing entertainment and people were awed by the special effects i was interested in it only because of the fact that stephen lang played a heck of a good villain and one of the best villains ever on film in my opinion i think he's the reason why that movie is even watchable outside of the special effects because the story in itself itself is just yawn fest but we won't go there too much on avatar I will say this, that they need to go ahead and reevaluate it because like you said, it's a money pit. And yes, it's great that Disney World has an Avatar-themed exhibit now that you can go ahead and Avatar-themed ride and a whole experience that you can now go ahead and check out at Disney World. But outside of that, it's just 
I don't see the justification for going ahead and delving into much more than Avatar 2, seeing how that works out. If it gets anywhere close to even half of what the original Avatar does, and then maybe reevaluating it from there, whether or not you want to continue forward with an Avatar 3, 4, or even an Avatar 5. Because that, to me, is just crazy, just going ahead and just banking all that money on all these Avatars when the first Avatar came out so many years ago. Yeah, it's too many eggs in one basket. But does Fox now own Alita Battle Angel? Or, I mean, Disney now own Alita Battle Angel also? I believe that is correct. If it's part oh, of the, wow. if, yeah. I mean, that that's something I would like to see come to life too you know explore maybe one, one more film if anything you're listening to the pop culture cosmos check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc multiverse i see the potential for basically like another netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player they have a ton of resources apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed they say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other and we know it's not going to be the case but they like to say that and more power to them i guess well it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together there were definitely some parts of the movie that i that i really enjoyed and then there were some parts that i thought just kind of fell short of expectation part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc multiverse every week on the podcast radio network and apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options all right my friend we've come to the three properties that disney and fox needs to shelf my friend so tell me please if you were running disney right now and you got all these fox properties which ones would you put into cold storage planet of the apes because that one that franchise the first two were really good but then it fizzled out like it didn't have an explosive ending didn't have a gripping ending it just kind of it disintegrated like like scarlet witch and avengers my other ones would be home alone stop making straight to dvd version of home alone let the classics lie you know just let them be what they are other one ice age don't need another ice age film that series stopped being good after the second one, and if they keep beating it to death, nobody's gonna. It's gonna become Shrek 2.0, and they just need to let it let it lie. Let future generations decide if it's going to be a cult classic or not. They have Shrek 2 now, don't they? No, there's a crap ton of Shrek movies. There's there's. I know, but weren't those 20th Century Fox? Oh, that's right. They do. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm reading all these rumors about possible about Shrek possibly having more movies. That's interesting because there's also a Shrek exhibits at Universal Studios. Do I wonder what this is going to mean for them? Well, that's what I was telling you before the show because the Simpsons area oh. in here in Los Angeles at yeah. near oh it's near Josh, yeah near Josh has the Simpsons area right in the middle of it. <laughs> what would happen if Disney wanted to say, you know what? We're pulling the plug. I'm sure there's contractual agreements of some type, like they have with Harry Potter and Kung Fu Panda. They have contractual agreements, I'm sure, of some type as far as those properties. So there has to be some length of time before they can go ahead and and Disney just pull them out of there. Yeah, but that's a huge thing. Like that's literally a quarter of their theme park is dedicated to the Simpsons. Like a whole, a whole floor. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Never, never thought about that. Oh, well, Universal's going to have to step up their game in, in the wake of this whole thing. Maybe they can just say, hey, you know what? 
another 10 years of Springfield for the full rights of the Hulk and Namor. How about that? You got it. Well, there are other universal properties that could be made into something cool in a theme park if they lost the Simpsons. They'll just have to extend Jurassic Park even more. <laughs> they could call it Jurassic World. Whoa! Whoa. Or Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> no, you don't want to call it that. Even though it made money, it's still not a very good movie. But did you already go ahead and say all the three properties? Yeah, it was uh, Planet of the Apes, Home Alone, Ice Age. For me, the three to put in the cold storage, let's start off with Predator. I think after what the last Predator movie, I think we're done with Predator for at least the long, you know, the next decade or so. Let's go ahead and put that into deep, deep cold storage because no one really has any more interest into the Predator. I think that's been done to death. And along with the Alien, I think along with the Alien series, I think both need to be reevaluated, one for shorter term, one for longer term. Alien, we talked about, I think that still can be revived, but Predator, I think, is, needs to be gone for at least the interim now. We're talking about maybe at least the next five, ten, at least the five next five, ten years. Do you think that maybe, you know, there's there's life left in the Alien vs. Predator series if that was actually given a serious story and like a, written by somebody who can actually hold their own as a sci-fi writer? That would be a very tough reach. We keep going back to streaming services. I'm going back on streaming services. So maybe you could make it out of a series, maybe just build up as far as the backstories on each and then build towards, you know, like a war type deal at the end of the season. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I just, I don't feel like, I feel like a streaming service is kind of a, a, a disrespect to these bigger movie franchises in a way. If you saw the last Predator movie, maybe you would say that's a disrespect to the series. Oh, I, as well. I, I saw it. I saw it. I mean, it was it was what it was, but it's just it's. I don't know. That it, might it, be the it, best review of it out there. It was what it was. Yeah, but you know, it, again though, like Disney has is a powerhouse when it comes to finding good writers to take stories into interesting directions. So you know, I, I'm just thinking about the possibilities. Maybe as a video game once again. Alien Isolation is a IGN's premiering a bunch of short movies, I think, on Alien Isolation. So who knows? You know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens indeed. All right, number two on my list is also Planet of the Apes for exactly the same reasons why you said it was a great series while it lasted as far as the reboots. I thought that was a great idea to go ahead and reboot that series after what was, uh, I guess, essentially done to death in the 60s and 70s with Charleston Heston and uh, and what was done. So many movies in that ilk in the Planet of the Apes series, it's, it was done for that time and was brought, what, 30 years later, brought back to the screens in that format. Great first two, like you said, no problems with it. The third one, yeah, it looks like it would had worn out its welcome, and they need to go ahead and put that in cold storage for now. Maybe look at it again from a different angle, maybe in 10 years. I think that would probably be something that could be interesting if they look at it from a different angle than what they did before because they did it so well in those first two reboots we saw earlier this decade. And then last but not least, and this is not for any malicious reasons or anything of that nature, but Star Wars A New Hope. They do finally, as far as the merger is concerned, have the full rights to the Star Wars series because they got the original Star Wars, A New Hope, actually in full, the full rights to it. Now it's a part of their collection. They need to just go, go ahead and have it in storage for a rainy day so they can maybe play with it as far as make it better. Take a look at it. 
How can they go ahead and sharpen the images? How can they go ahead and make it part of a collection that you'll see it, it come later this year on a DVD collection before Star Wars Episode Nine comes out or next year, so to speak, as far as doing a rush job on it? I think you put it on ice. You just you do what you can with it. Maybe go ahead and, and find some way you can go ahead and, and make it special once again. I don't know what way that is, but to me, I think you should go ahead for now take Star Wars A New Hope and go ahead and put it on ice so at least it becomes special again at some point in time down the road. I would love to see them do a version of A New Hope. Put put the Blu-rays out separately with each other. Don't do like a whole trilogy. But Because well, you know that's what they're going to do. Yeah, but put them out separately, but do like they did with how they had those four disc editions. You know, the one has all it has all the different versions of the film that have ever been made. It'd be cool to see that, like the original theatrical cut, the one with the, you know, the computer graphics thrown in there. And then, you know, the the one that was cleaned up for Blu-ray quality, put out a version of it that has all those versions in it so that people can go back and kind of experience the magic of the film, see where it was changed. And then they can, as new fans come up into Star Wars, they can make up their minds objectively instead of what we've been telling them, you know, passing this on down from one person to the next. But I'm just saying, put it at least on ice for a little while. Make it so that you can go ahead and make something special out of it. Don't even put it on Disney Plus right away. Make it so at some point in time, like an anniversary or something. It should always have that special quality because pop culture, in a sense, was born with Star Wars. And if that's the case, in many ways, I'm not going to say every way, it was because you got Star Trek and other properties out there that came first. But in many ways, Star Wars really personified the birth of pop culture. And I think in order to go ahead and keep that appreciation for it, I think you should always try to do what you can to make it special. But if you keep running it on TNT every two or three months, it loses its specialness because you've played it and replayed it and replayed it so many times on television. I think it just loses its special quality. I think you need to go ahead back of your Disney and just say, hey, you know what? We're going to put it on ice for a little while and make it special once again later on down the road. You know, and I, I totally get that. But what I don't want to see happen from this whole thing, I don't want to see any of these classic films go into the vault. I don't want them ever to become not available to film enthusiasts or people who might not have had the chance to experience them as kids because they're kids now. So that's something I definitely don't want to see happen. But again, it's Disney. So who knows? You know, maybe they will put some things away just so people can build a desire for them once again. But I would really hate to see that happen. That's true. That's true. I just want them to go ahead and and treat the movie Star Wars A New Hope the way it deserves because it has brought so much into uh, many people's lives, including ours here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And I think it should be treated with a reverence that many movies do not deserve. But this one definitely does. What are your thoughts out there on the Disney Fox merger now that it's all said and done and Disney now has all these properties Which ones would you like to see come out now and continue their success? Which ones would you like to see reevaluated? And which ones would you like to see in deep storage? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, when we return, speaking of Fox properties, like we talked about earlier, Die Hard. There's a board game coming out that we really are interested in. Is it time for you to go back to Nakatomi Plaza? We'll answer that question coming up right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media, so share the goods, my friend. What is going on with your great experience known as Humanica Media? Fell behind on Topic Oculus. Be a new episode out this week. You can check it out. Check out our website, www.humanicamedia.com. See all the stuff that we've been up to. There will be more stuff to announce later, but I don't have any info for you right this instance. But you'll be putting out an episode for Tuesday night on the Podcast Radio Network. And also, don't forget, on April 25th, if you're in the Las Vegas area, we're going to be doing our spring charity game night at Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada. you got to check it out. We're going to be doing a great thing. We're going to have musical guests right there, including Vedius and also as well, Hyper Schmidt. We're going to be doing a lot of great things as far as podcasting and some great tournaments you can be a part of, including Apex Legends, Fortnite, Call of Duty, Black Ops 4, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It all takes place April 25th. That's a Thursday night, just before the Level Up Expo, just before Avengers Endgame actually hits. Although, yeah, I know it'll be previewing on Thursday night, but for most people, they won't get a chance to see it until the weekend. Anyways, that all comes out, like I said, the Spring Charity Game Night at Retro City Games on April 25th. And on April 27th, at the Level Up Expo at the Las Vegas Convention Center, at 2.30, I believe, 2.30 to 3.30, we're going to record live the Pop Culture Cosmos that, that's going to air that next week. We're going to do it with a live audience. We're going to have a lot of our reoccurring guests are there, going to be including Game Source, going to be Go Brothers Gaming, Mario Party Wars, Doug from Retro City Games, Venius, Hyper Schmidt, the guys from Topicocalypse, and so much more. It's going to be a great time. We're going to be having a lot of talk about Avengers Endgame, the video games coming around that time video game music soundtracks, and so much more. Once again, check out the great panel that we're going to do at Level Up Expo. You can buy your tickets for Level Up Expo, which is a great pop culture experience. You want to check it out today at LVLUPEXPO.com. That's LVLUPEXPO.com. My friend, before we head on out, we talked about Die Hard earlier as far as one of the properties may want to put on ice, but not just yet. Not just yet. Is it still time to go back to Dakotomi Plaza, at least as far as a board game is concerned? You know, my one regret in life right now is that I never got as into board games as I would have liked to be. There's still time, man. You're not dead yet. No, I know. I just it's finding time to do it. But yeah, man, I, would, I mean, that would be cool. I'm, I'm curious what a diehard board game would consist of. How would it be played? Do you get to be Hans Gruber? I don't, I, how, how would that work? How would this whole thing go down what do you know about it spill the details to me well the game is called die hard the nakatomi heist it is coming soon it's coming the second quarter of 2019 and from the description from the makers of the game let me read it to you right now die hard the nakatomi heist board game uses one versus many asymmetric gameplay to pit protagonist john mcclain we'll let you be john mcclain josh 
against others acting as thieves. So you could call yourself Hans Gruber or not. Yeah, I guess so. That might work. Who are cooperating to foil the hero's plan, which is to save the hostages in the iconic Nakatomi Plaza high-rise. Movie buffs and hobby game enthusiasts will appreciate the game's distinct homage to the 1988 film, which packs rules and gameplay to the air vents with callbacks to Die Hard's most memorable scenes, characters, and events. So I guess uh, we're going back to Nakatomi Plaza if we go ahead and get Die Hard, the Nakatomi Heist board game once again, man. So They, yeah. sh they should do like a, a side drinking game in that game where every time someone goes, yippee Kaye, mother, you take a shot because I guarantee you that that will get said a lot. Absolutely. Or in any of the famous lines Alan Rickman said as well. So there's some great stuff that you could take from that. You know what? If we do get that game, we got to play the movie in the background. And then we can argue about whether or not it's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. And actually, it is one of the best, if not the best, Christmas movie ever. Would that made. make this a Christmas board game? You know what? I think it would. Mm -hmm. And if it's coming the second quarter of 2019, it might just be a great Christmas gift for anyone out there. Think Boom. about it. There you go. They should pay us for that plug just now. We'll see. We'll see what they do. You know what? Send us a diehard Nakatomi heist game for us, please, 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 because we'd love to play it on the air right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But what are your thoughts out there on returning to Nakatomi Plaza? Are you interested in a diehard board game? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Please follow us on all those aspects of social media so you can get the latest and greatest in pop culture. And then all the work that we do on the YouTube page with all the, I guess, several hundred videos that we have out there on our Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Humanica Media YouTube pages. I know you just put up a lot of videos on the Pop Culture Cosmos YouTube channel as well, correct? I did, yeah. A lot of game trailers, movie trailers, gameplay footage, and you can also check out our podcast episodes up there as well. That you can. That you can. Any last thoughts on the way out? Yeah. I have been watching some kung fu movies, so I think we need to do a topic down the line of our favorite kung fu films. Absolutely, my friend. I would love to talk about it because I have a few... I heard there was a triple threat movie that came out that had an all-star cast that is not going over well with audiences. Yeah, that's what I heard too. It has Tony Jaa in it. Love Tony Jaa. I actually saw the trailer for the new It Man has Tony Jaa in it, but unfortunately it's a spinoff that doesn't also feature Donnie Yen, but it has Tony Jaa and Michelle Yeoh in it. Well, that's a good start, if anything. Right, right. We're going to have to have a talk about our favorite kung fu movies you should watch sometime very soon so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great Do you enjoy TV shows, movies, video games, comics, or novels? Do you enjoy listening to people discuss geeky topics without getting bent out of shape when they disagree? If you do, then the 42 Cast is right for you. We're a podcast with a rotating cast of guests that discusses a new topic every week. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, or 42cast.com. 
You can also support us and the entire ESO Network by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network. That's the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.